Blog Talk Radio. but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We've got Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State Vet Supply. We're talking about embryo development, so all you uh, uh, hatchers out there that love to incubate uh, chicken eggs, many of you do it for a, a living, many of you do it as a hobby, uh, extra income, and some of you do it just because you love it. We're going to be talking a little bit about embryo development today with Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, right after this short break. Stay with us, folks, and thanks for tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Kalmbach Feeds. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, 
Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Our guest today is Peter Brown. Also known as the Chicken Doctor, the topic today is embryo development. I'll be monitoring the switchboard. When he calls in, we will get right to him. I want to just make sure everybody in our, uh, our listening audience has had a chance to actually uh, enter the February Ultimate Chicken Coop Contest brought to you by Urban Coop Company out in Dripping Springs, Texas. Uh, have you entered the contest yet? No? Well, let me tell you how to do that. So you don't miss out and you have a chance to win uh, one of many different prizes that we have um, that we're giving away at the end of uh, February. Um, Let's see. We've got, uh, hey, the grand prize, a round top chicken coop from our good friends over at Urban Coop Company. First prize, a GQF Hova Bader incubator. Second prize, a Brency EcoGlow brooder heater. Third prize, sweeter heater coop heater. Uh, fourth prize, a chicken fountain watering system. Uh, fifth prize, a peck and play mobile chicken run. Uh, sixth prize, a foul play products chicken swing. And a seventh prize, a one-year print subscription to Chicken Whisperer magazine. To enter, send an email with your name, shipping address, and phone number to contest at chickenwhisperer.com. Okay, that's contest in that email. Remember, I need your name, shipping address, and phone number. Please put coop contest in the subject line of the email. Only one entry per person per email. If you enter more than once, you will be disqualified. Prizes shipped to the lower 48 states only. Contest start at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on February 1st, 2015. It ends at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on February 28th, 2015. Uh, winners will be selected by random drawing. Winners will be contacted via email and telephone on March 2nd, 2015. No purchase necessary to enter. This contest has no association with Facebook in any way. Good luck. So uh, how awesome is that? And you're going to have another chance to win another awesome chicken coop as soon as the spring edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine is released. Um, that should be happening towards the uh, end of February, and um, there'll be another coop contest in Chicken Whisperer magazine brought to you by Woodtex Products, and it's actually a chicken tractor if you're interested uh, in that. And so um, you can subscribe to that digital edition for free. Or you can subscribe whether you or you can enter whether you subscribe or not, but why wouldn't you want to? It's absolutely free publication with awesome science-based, fact-based, study-based information about raising backyard poultry. So uh, we encourage you to uh, do that. we got that awesome uh, coop contest going on right now, and we would hope that you would uh, enter. So let me think what else is going on. Uh, time here is limited in South Florida. We'll be heading back up to the homestead around the 21st or 22nd. We'll be getting situated there and then off to CDC headquarters on the 26th for a national webinar about keeping your backyard flock safe from infectious poultry diseases. 
Um, and then, hey, back to Homestead for just about two or three days, and then, bam, up to Ohio for a big Combox Seeds dealer conference. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to speaking to all those uh, 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 dealers that carry the poultry feed and uh, have lots of chicken customers walking through their door. I've got a great um, a topic that we're going to be talking about to a lot of their dealers, so we'll be doing that in Ohio. Then back to the homestead for about a month, uh, for one more month of recovery, and then we'll be hitting the Chicken Whisperer Spring 2015 book and speaking tour. That'll be in the Ohio area, probably Ohio, and maybe a few states that actually border Ohio, and that'll be the month of April, so I'm looking forward to that. Over to Switchboards we go. We've got Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State Vet Supply. Let's give him a big welcome. And away we go. We're talking about uh, embryo development today. Uh, you know, hey, what happens on day three, day four, day five? When is when, when should be a safe time to candle uh, to, to to confirm we've got fertile eggs that are growing, and so we can discard the ones that are not, and um, kind of what happens each day. And by the way, there's a great article, in the very first issue ever of Chicken Whisperer magazine, Spring 2014, from Peter Brown, um, that talks about troubleshooting after a hatch or during a hatch if you have some that uh, don't make it. <laughs> some uh, ideas of why they didn't make it based on the development of the embryo inside the shell. So very cool there. That's and You can see that, even though it was a year ago, at chickenwhisperermagazine.com. You can read all of our issues there. Hope you'll do so. All righty, Peter, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, hey, Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a little sunshine here today in uh, Florida, a little bit of rain, but uh, we need it, so I'm not complaining whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, could, could be like another could be like uh, Washington and Oregon with 14, 15 inches of rain. <laughs> yeah, you know, Boston and, and all that. Yeah, no, no, thank you. All the all the uh, uh, snow up that way. Yeah, no, no thank you. I, I'll take my uh, uh, three quarters of an inch rain today. I guess we'll get. So, um, gotta love it. So, hey, I'm gonna turn it over to you, my friend. Get along. Uh, get on with the uh, uh, topic. Get your pen and paper out, folks uh, who are listening live. Those who are listening to the archive, I recommend doing the same. Uh, you'll get some great information from Peter on uh, embryo development today. Peter? Yeah, I, um, in keeping with what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, we started out uh-huh. with uh, uh, you know, preparation of breeder flock and incubator uh, maintenance and a couple of other items. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of goes hand in hand. Um, uh, I'll probably talk about first one of my little pet peeves, and that's this uh, incessant... Uh, uh, want and will to uh, to um, uh, candle eggs, and I, I just saw um, what, what people don't understand about eggs. First off, is that the older they are, the longer they take to develop. Okay, they, in other words, uh, uh, if, a, if an egg is laid by hand today and you put it uh, in incubation immediately, or she sits right on it, stays on it uh, like a normal hen would, uh, mm-hmm. you're probably looking right at that 21-day window of opportunity. But as you get away from uh, that uh, particular uh, uh, age of the egg, as the egg becomes now two days, three days, four days, you start adding uh, several hours per day, uh, you know, to the uh, the hatching routine. So, if you've got them out there at, at uh, uh, you know seven days plus, you're probably looking at one that's going to hatch at 21 and a half, 22 days, maybe even a little bit longer, depending on the, you know, uh, some of the issues that we talked about, which were <clears throat> the condition of the breeding flock uh, age-wise, uh, the condition of the breeding flock as far as their uh, overall maintenance, kind of like maintaining a car. Um, but there's a lot going on inside inside the egg, and and you know uh, this, and and I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a party pooper. I I, I get it. Uh, if you've never hatched. Uh, eggs before, it is quite exciting to pick them up and candle them and, and look and twirl them around and and uh, see the different uh, uh, growth uh, phases that they go through. But there are certain times uh, when this can be very detrimental uh, to the birds, and there are at least three days during the incubation process that you should refrain from uh, handling the eggs in any way, shape, or form, and that goes for picking them up and putting them down, uh, that goes for candling them and spinning them, uh, bumping them, uh, moving the incubator around, and, and that, that kind of stuff. There's, there's three critical days um, 
when there are, are special events taking place inside the egg, you can't see them. You can't see them by candling them. But <clears throat> when you candle them, uh, you will cause a, an abnormality to, to take place, uh, and then you'll end up with uh, early uh, embryo mortality, and then you're not able to... Uh, uh, most people, unless you're trained in it and, and have studied it long enough, you're probably not going to be able to see what the reason was. You'll just assume that it was uh, an early dead and, and be done with it. But in the majority of the times, a, a large percentage of the early deads are caused by mishandling the eggs during uh, the incubation process itself by overly uh, aggressive candling. Uh, see this a lot when people have young children. They want to show them, and, and, and that's fine. But you have to then expect uh, you know, that you're going to have these problems. And every time you open that incubator, you let out humidity, you let out heat, uh, and depending on the uh, quality of the incubator that you have, uh, it can take a fair amount of time to get back up to uh, the, uh, the required temperature and humidity, and that, again, will slow down the, the hatch a little bit, um, however uh, long that takes. It could be an hour. It could be uh, two hours before a machine will come back up to, uh, to, uh, to temperature. Um, I was uh, reading uh, just the other day by somebody who had some really old incubators uh, in excess of 30 years old, and back in the day, they built them real well. Not that they don't today, but different materials, different uh, uh, money scheme uh, as far as you know profitability and so on. But some of the old redwood incubators and stuff, I mean, they just hatched like crazy, and, and they held their heat and their humidity very uh, well once they were set. And if you didn't keep them open for too, too long, uh, they would come back up to temperature and humidity uh, pretty much almost instantaneously. It didn't, didn't really take much time. Uh, for them to come back up and hold that temperature. And therein lies a better hatch, uh, a, uh, a hatch of birds that, when I say better, we're talking about more birds, we're talking about healthier birds, we're talking about birds that don't have a lot of the uh, anomalies that other birds have uh, when they're born. So you're going to want to, uh, to remind yourself that there are at least three times uh, during the incubation process that you're going to want to keep uh, your hands off of the birds uh, and um, not touch them at all. And that would be uh, beginning at the fourth day uh, of incubation. And um, uh, this is a critical time <clears throat> when there are two things that are going on uh, inside of the bird uh, uh, as it develops and inside of that egg. And um, as these things go on, um, the bird is making a major shift uh, in, the, in the way it, it eats uh, and gets its nourishment uh, from the uh, from the, uh, the the egg itself, and um, it's going away from uh, mainly a carbohydrate diet uh, to a more uh, uh, fat diet. And by rotating the the uh, uh, the egg at this point in time, uh, you may disrupt that. And if you disrupt that, uh, then you will have uh, embryo mortality. Uh, also, <clears throat> two other things uh, basically are going on. The allantois uh, is uh, pushing outside of the body of, of the embryo, and uh, while doing so, it's connected to uh, the cloacal stalk uh, uh, by the uh, allantoic stalk. And when you rotate this, as this uh, allantois is moving around and trying to, to reposition itself, uh, and you break that stalk, by rotating that egg at that point, um, or you entangle it in any way, you end up with, uh, you know, an early dead. So it would behoove you, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, to stay away from uh, handling the egg uh, on on the fourth day. Um, but the fourth day or so, you're going to start to see some major. Uh, organ structures uh, developing uh, inside of uh, this egg. And as these structures start, you don't want to be moving it, uh, this, this egg around. And as we know, uh, most of the, uh, um, the growth in, in, the, uh, in the embryo takes place uh, very, very quickly. Uh, so you might say, well, what's the difference between the fourth and fifth day? There's a big difference. Uh, every day, uh, there is a, a huge difference in the uh, overall uh, structure of the bird, growth of the bird, size of the bird, and uh, don't forget, it's got to catch up all these things in 21 uh, uh, days. It can't get to the 20th day and, and say, well, you know, we need three more days for development. It doesn't work that way. And um, so <clears throat> at this point in time, you just want to stay away from it. Um, 
and uh, and not uh, be handling uh, the, the birds uh, or the eggs rather at that, that point in time. Uh, to give you an example, uh, during the um, third day of incubation, um, we're just starting to see the uh, uh, the limbs or what we've called the buds of the limbs, just these little tiny protrusions. Okay, uh, the blood system is starting to uh, uh, to really uh, develop itself. And then all of a sudden, boom, on the fourth day, we have this transition of the uh, Allantois moving around, uh, and, and uh, uh, which is going to end up actually being the cloaca of the bird where the Allantois stalk is connected. Uh, we have all of this going on. And at the same time, we have this major growth of uh, major organs and major structures of the body at that point in time. And then all of a sudden, on the fifth day, uh, you look at it, and this embryo that kind of was nondescript before, now is starting to really take on the, the, uh, the, the presence and the look of a, of, a, of a chick, okay? That's how quick it happens. So you need to be careful what, with what you're doing when you uh, are candling eggs, not necessarily to twirl them like you're twirling a top uh, on the floor. Um, it's supposed to be a gently slow-moving thing of, of moving it around and not trying to, uh, to really move the... Uh, the embryo and its con the egg contents around inside because rupturing the yolk or, or any other uh, uh, of the of the sac or anything else is going to create mortality. So you want to stay away from them uh, on the fourth day. And um, around the fifth day, when we talk about these major organs uh, developing, we're talking about the, uh, at this point in time, amongst other things, we're talking about the gizzard and, and the um, uh, the proventriculus. Now, the proventriculus being the true uh, glandular stomach uh, of the bird, um, uh, it's a very, very important organ uh, in the uh, digestive system. And uh, it is the organ that is at the head of the digestive system just after the crop. So if we look at the bird's mouth <coughs> and the beak, uh, we have the uh, esophagus way down the back of the throat, uh, and the food would go down into the crop. And if the, as it ventures out of the crop, it'll come across a small piece of, of, uh, of intestine, and then it will enter the proventriculus. And this is where uh, uh, some enzymes and, and, and stuff are added to it. But it is a true glandular stomach uh, of the bird. And it is at this juncture when we see problems with marics and stuff, uh, the uh, inability of this organ to function due to marics uh, keeps the bird from eating. Okay. Um, we see it many, many times. Uh, I've studied it many, many years, uh, trying to figure out what it is. And uh, through uh, a process of uh, long-term study of things and how things work, uh, I've come to the conclusion that it is uh, a problem uh, either with Merrick's or an interference of the vagus nerve nerve system, which controls the uh, ability to uh, of that organ, the proventriculus, to uh, uh, except food, okay? Um, you may be able to get liquid food. I think that's lots of times why uh, when we go to a liquid diet on birds, I think it can bypass through that uh, almost on its own because it, it works two ways. Uh, the proventriculus is triggered to, to uh, take in food by the presence of food at the beginning of it. As food touches it, uh, it's stimulated to open itself up and accept that food. If the vagal nerve is damaged in any way, that uh, at least one of those sensory, sensory uh, uh, nerves is not going to allow that food to go through. And uh, we've, we've seen this many, many times. But this, this starts early in the bird's life, day five, and we start looking at that, this uh, very major organs um, being uh, visible. Um, you may not be able to differentiate all these things, but if you were to break out an embryo at that point in time, you would be able to see the, the early uh, developmental stages uh, of these things, okay? Um, because there's, there's 21 different days to, to go through, I may skip through a few that that, um, that are, are not overly uh, important in this conversation, but um, this early laydown of the uh, major organs, uh, the proventriculus, the, the beak, uh, the feather tracks, uh, the uh, uh, digits of the of the feet, the, the legs and the wings, all take place, okay, within a very small period of time. From we're looking at uh, starting on the fifth day, and pretty much being um, 
fairly well developed by the time they get to uh, nine to ten days. Okay. Um, the second uh, period of time that you uh, want to leave these uh, birds alone um, is because of the fact that, again, on the ninth day we have the uh, allantois uh, trying to surround the embryo, uh, the amnion itself, and, and the yolk. And when you go spinning this thing around uh, and, and, and fooling around with it, um, you're going to disrupt that, and if you disrupt it, severely enough, uh, then these birds are not going to finish their development. They're going to die at that particular stage. And if anybody wants to go back and look at that first article that um, we put out in, in that Chicken Whisperer magazine, it'll tell you how to go through and how to do an egg breakout and everything else. So we're not going to go into that, at least that today, but we're going to you know, continue on talking about uh, embryo de development, mortality, the do's, the don'ts, uh, and that kind of thing. But... Um, Clearly, by the ninth day, uh, the bird takes on a real bird-like uh, presence. Uh, um, in just this short period of time now, we went back and we said, um, on the fifth day, it starts to look like uh, a chick, okay, and that the uh, uh, bird begins to move around the sixth day, and then we start to see legs and wings uh, uh, somewhat visible on the seventh day. But by the time they get to the, to the ninth day, uh, we have the, the separation of the of the digits of the, of the feet and um, uh, and, and so on. Um, the uh, limbs start to look like uh, wings now, and it's only over that short period of time. So the development is rapid, and <clears throat> when you monkey around with them, I'm I'm a big believer if you can at all. And I realize people want to pull eggs out and put other eggs in to get the maximum they can out of their incubator, and that, and that's fine. Just do it at the appropriate times, and and you'll end up with you know real good healthy chicks, better chicks. Uh, and you won't have so many deads and, and try to figure things out when it's actually you causing the problem more so than uh, than the breeders themselves. But this rapid uh, onset of growth is, is phenomenal, and it's it's quite beholding to see. Really, as many times as I've seen it, it still uh, it still amazes me how quickly all this takes place. And then again, by the uh, by the time we roll around to the uh, to the tenth day, uh, the the development of uh, scales on the legs, uh, the um, uh, bird is, is is moving on uh, and, and developing again uh, rapidly. The again the beginning of the of the uh, uh, development of the uh, proventriculus started around the fifth day, and here we go and looking down around the eleventh day, the intestines are starting to be uh, prominent uh, within the uh, eggshell. Um, in just the next day or so, uh, we'll have uh, down growing on the bird. So now we've got feathers, we've got scales on the legs, we've got the digits of the feet separating, we've got the uh, uh, the legs developed, we've got the wings developed. Uh, this bird is really moving very, very rapidly. Okay, so by the 12th day, we're starting to look at a, a bird uh, that is taking on uh, uh, what we would consider to, to be a chicken, a baby chick. And... Um, Again, that's only a little, a little over halfway through the incubation process. Um, around the 13th day or so, you're going to start seeing uh, the skeleton is going to calcify and start to take on a, a more uh, uh, rigid appearance versus a uh, uh, more rubbery type appearance. Um, then um, when you get around to the... Uh, uh, the, the 14th day, um, you're going to start to see this embryo uh, start to move around in that shell, preparing itself uh, for uh, hatching, okay? But it's just a, a subtle move uh, and compared to other moves that it will be making in the next day or two, okay? Um, the um, intestines now are, are, uh, are fully formed. And uh, around the 14th to the 15th day in that period of time, you're going to see the uh, intestines start to be pulled into the body cavity. Okay, um, It's not going to be complete at that point in time, uh, but everything else is, is going to start happening now very, very uh, rapidly. Um, the, um, all of the albumin in the egg, for the most part, uh, I won't say all of it, but the majority of it is going to be absorbed in um, the... Um, the uh, uh, toenails on the bird have now hardened up, okay? And again, bird is, is going to uh, prepare itself very shortly for, for hatching. Uh, 
Um, and this is a very imp important event because if this is messed up, then uh, the birds don't hatch well either or don't hatch at all or die in the shell trying to get out and those kinds of things. Um, so at the 17th day of, of, of incubation, this is a day you want to leave them alone as well. This is the third day that is uh, critical. Uh, it's just as critical as the other days uh, that uh, we said, that, you know, the fourth and the ninth day, um, not to mess with. <clears throat> the major reason here is uh, twofold: the amniotic fluid is is, is uh, uh, decreasing uh, in the in the shell, and the embryo is preparing now for hatching in a big way. Okay, the embryo is rotating, and um, at the same time that this bird is trying to rotate, it's growing very rapidly. It's only now uh, about four days away from uh, being uh, being hatched out. So uh, as this bird uh, fills this uh, shell cavity space, it's going to start to turn its head <coughs> to uh, end beak and put it under the right wing uh, towards the air cell. So just envision this, if this bird's trying to do this and you're picking up uh, eggs out of the incubator and you're twirling them around, uh, you're making it more difficult. And you may make it so that instead of the bird putting its head under its right wing, it may put its head under its left wing, or it may put its head between its legs, making it almost impossible for this bird to get out of the shell. Okay? And um, so you don't want to be messing with it at the 17th day. It's really, really critical. I mean, if you want to have birds that are that are good, you don't need to be messing with them. I'm I'm just one of those people. Let them hatch. It is what it is. You, you by candling them. The only thing you're going to do with candling in the early going is take out eggs that are not developing. It could turn into rotten eggs. But um, you know the, the late candling. I see it all the time. Facebook, other places. People call me with incubation problems, and they they continually mess around with these birds, um, and um, uh, Constantly picking them out and, and picking them up and looking at them and, and all kinds of things, and you just you just disrupt this growth process. That's all it really is. It's a, a disruption uh, of the growth process that causes the bird to get itself in a position, especially uh, uh, late in the uh, in the uh, incubation uh, process, and the bird ends up, you know, being in a position where it can't get out. Um, on the 18th day, we're going to see the retraction of the yolk sac into the into the abdomen. Uh, now, the intestines we had before. Uh, we're we're uh, being pulled into the uh, into the abdominal cavity, uh, but now we're going to see uh, that was back on the 15th day, and we're going to see the uh, now or on the 18th day we're going to see that yolk sac start to make its way into uh, the body cavity uh, in further preparation uh, for for uh, for hatching. Okay, and this is another reason you know going back why it's critical with that 17th day just to let this thing be and let it get itself positioned. Because now, on the, when, when you come around to the 19th day, okay, that bird's egg tooth and beak have to be in a position to pierce that air cell so the bird can start to breathe and jumpstart its uh, respiratory system. That's when respiration begins. Okay, so after all of the, uh, the majority of the albumin has been uh, absorbed, uh, the intestines have been pulled into the uh, body cavity except for the yolk sac, and now the yolk sac is being pulled into the body cavity, and the bird is, is uh, on the 17th day positioned itself to hatch by rotating in the shell and uh, moving its head under its right wing. And the reason it needs that, that, that head under the right wing, it's a two-pronged approach. Uh, as it rotates in the shell, or spins as some people like to call it, and uses that egg tooth to, to break that shell, it also uses the power of that wing muscle and its powerful, strong neck muscles to push that shell off and then liberate itself from that egg. Okay, so it's it's really, um, really, really important not to mess with them after this point in time and just let them go. Um, so on the 19th day, we're looking at the uh, the uh, re respiratory system uh, being uh, jump started by the uh, uh, bird's beak with the chick tooth piercing the uh, the air cell and, and starting that whole thing. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, uh membrane dries up 
the uh, amniotic fluid is uh, completely absorbed now, and the bird is really uh, making its way around the inside of that egg, uh, trying to break break out. Uh, the uh, entire respiratory system now is full and functioning, uh, and the bird is, is making every effort that it can uh, to um, to uh, to get out of that shell. Uh, some birds pip earlier than others. You may see some pipped at 19 days. You might see some pipped at 20 days. Uh, and again, those those things can be uh, related to the uh, uh, age of the uh, eggs when they were set, uh, meaning the eggs that are older uh, are going to take a lot longer uh, to get through the, uh, uh, the, the hatching process. Um, so now we have the uh, respiratory system complete, up and running, uh, fully functioning uh, on the 20th day. Uh, we have the yolk sac uh, completely withdrawn into the body cavity. Uh, and again, uh, the chick, uh, if it already hasn't done so, starts to, to pip the shell. Uh, and then on the 21st day, uh, they break free from the shell in most cases. Uh, if everything has been done right, temperature, humidity, uh, proper handling of the eggs prior to incubation and during incubation, you should have a real good healthy hatch. And that's basically what this whole conversation has been about for the last couple of weeks, uh, talking about uh, looking at the uh, process, fine-tuning it so that you can get the most uh, out of your eggs, uh, get the most out of your birds, uh, have the healthiest bird that you can put out uh, in the pen uh, and let it grow out with as few abnormalities and, and, and problems uh, uh, that there may be. Um, you know, Looking at uh, what doesn't hatch can lead you to the problems that may be in, in your flock. Some of them may be genetic. Some of them may be you. Some of them may be the incubator. Uh, some may be the temperature. Some may be the humidity. Uh, some may be the way you handle the eggs uh, before they ha uh, were incubated, during the incubation process. So when we talk about an egg breakout process, which we'll go through another time, but if you want to go to the, that Chicken Whisperer magazine, I strongly recommend that you go and, and get this online version of it. There's a lot of good information written by a lot of good, knowledgeable people uh, with a, a lot of uh, uh, scientific uh, uh, information to back up the, uh, the, the things that are, that are done there. Um, I can't urge you enough to go and, and just read that. It, it's it's free. You have nothing vested in it to go online and read it. Uh, read it totally free. Um, I think the information that's, that's put on there you just won't find anywhere else, other than some of it being put out on this show. Uh, but there are other people that, that write besides me and, and and do a real good job of of covering the subject that they've been assigned. So uh, I certainly urge you to go and do that. Uh, you can go and. Uh, read that article on egg breakouts, and then when we do talk about it on this show, you can call in or you can call in any time and ask a question, and we'll try to answer the question to, to the best of our ability uh, and give you the answer that uh, that you're seeking. But uh, it's really, really important, uh, you know, to, uh, to look at these things, to go through uh, each and everything. The, the only way you find out about anything is investigating, okay? You, you know, I... I those that have listened to this show long term have always heard me say it behooves you, it's your obligation, when you have a bird die on your premises, it's your job to find out why. And I know not everybody's capable of doing it, not everybody's up for it. I do get that, I do understand it. But if you have an opportunity to have a friend or somebody else that will come over and take a look at a bird and open it up and start looking at things, you can go online for a measly 15 bucks. And I say measly because this thing is really, really worth it. Uh, you can go and get the uh, the color disease poster. Uh, it's huge. It's on heavy paper. It's worthy of being framed. Um, and uh, it's just a great tool to have in your chicken toolbox uh, to help you decide what's going on. This has a huge uh, uh, bird laid out in the middle of it, uh, completely posted out for you with all of the organs exposed, all of them numbered with a number key down at the bottom so you can say number one is this, number two is that. And on the perimeter on the outside of that uh, is a complete uh, listing of all of the major poultry diseases and at least one and in some cases more pictures of each and every one. And you will then be able to look at your bird, 
look at the bird that's posted there that's healthy and then compare those pictures around the perimeter to that uh, and that will help you uh, determine what went wrong. Sometimes you just can't figure it out unless you have taken it to a laboratory where they can run a bunch of tests and everything else, and that's fine. But making that effort to to uh, to get that information that can help you uh, stave off other problems, and that's what this is all about. This is the same thing uh, that I've been talking about for a long time, going through this process of what's going on each and every day inside that egg, when to leave it alone, when to fool with it, when not to fool with it, so that you get a good, uh, healthy outcome at, at the end of the day. And uh, I don't know about you, Andy, but that's that's the way I think it should be done anyway. And, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, let me let me take a break here for a second while I've got a minute, and then um, when we come back, uh, I don't know what else you were going to uh, have in store for us, but uh, I'd like you to explain to us because we're not quite ready to go to the next show yet as far as topics, but uh, explain to folks, because we've said it many times, you've said it many times, about, you know, everybody um, relies uh, on the 72-hour rule a little bit too much. About, oh, absorbing the yolk is in 72 hours of nutrition, and uh, so so that's why we can ship them all over the country, da 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 But the importance of, um, if you're, uh, even if you're hatching out, <clears throat> um, getting them to food and water as soon as possible. And I'll share what I heard from a poultry scientist just this year about the importance of doing that. Um, as well. So give me just a second to uh, to go to break. Folks, we're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State Vet Supply, talking about embryo development. Uh, and we've got more of that when we return right after this short break. So please stay with us. When you need an incubator, think Brensi, the incubation specialist. Brensi has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brensea.com. Brensea spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brensea.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brency, technology you can trust. Introducing the BrightTap Chick Feeder, the cleaner feeder that grows with your flock. The BrightTap Feeder is designed with a unique shield that prevents chicks from standing on the feed tray and pooping into their food. The shield keeps the feed clean, so you spend less time cleaning the feeder. And when your chicks grow up and leave the brooder, you can use the BrightTap feeder outdoors to give your adult chickens scratch, grit, and oyster shells. The unique shield also prevents rain from getting into the feed tray and spoiling the food. The BrightTap feeder fills easily through a lid in the top. No more spills or wasted feed. To learn more, Visit our website, chickenwaterer.com. That's chickenwaterer.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. 
Hand savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your hen saver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com com or call today at 1-800-720-1134. Remember, that's StrombergsChickens.com. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you are passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's UrbanCoopCompany.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Our guest, Peter Brown, also known as Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com, online, if you will. And uh, Peter, I didn't know if you wanted to. Uh, if you had anything to wrap up, that as far as the development, and then uh, we'd love for you to explain kind of the issue about the 72-hour, not necessarily myth, but uh, based on time of hatch and different things like that. And, and uh, I'll explain. Uh, I'll let you wrap up the, if, if you have anything to wrap up. With the yeah, I got a couple, just a couple of small items here, and then we can move on to 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 that. You can rephrase, you know, re say the question, and 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 we'll go from there. Uh, Sound good. But uh, yeah, d- during the uh, you know, these early stages uh, of development, uh, you have to also understand that the uh, embryos uh, are sensitive to to, uh, to temperature fluctuations, uh, but they are able to, at a very early uh, period of time, withstand higher temperatures. And as the embryos develop, uh, they're giving off body heat. So the bigger they become, the more heat they put out, put out uh, and the less the incubator has to call for heat. And at the same time, if the incubator starts to overheat, then you have a real problem, okay? So during the first 24 hours, I'll give you an idea, because I get this question from people all the time. They, they call me and say, I just put my eggs in the incubator. Everything was fine, and, and now it's 105 degrees. Well, you have to do something to mitigate the 105 degrees. Uh, we talked about replacing the wafer, the snap switch, and those kinds of things, um, you know, you know and, and, and whatever as far as that's concerned. But in the first 24 hours, um, and again, this depends on age of the breeding stock, uh, whether they're young, whether they're old, the, the viability of the embryo, how the egg was handled prior to. So there's a lot of wiggle room in here, okay? So these these are not absolutes. These are guidelines uh, so that, you know, course, you know, you'll get somebody say, well, mine went up to 102, killed everybody. Well, it, it just depends. It depends on the viability of, of that embryo, how that embryo was handled. For instance, uh, if you... Um, took your eggs out of a coop that was 80 degrees and then you brought them in the house and you shoved them in a uh, 
a, a refrigerator or whatever down to 55, 60 degrees or wherever, whatever the temperature may be, uh, you may kill the whole bunch of them right off the bat just because of that shock of, of that rapid temperature drop. Okay, They can't stand a whole lot of that either. It's supposed to be gradually uh, brought down to a, a reasonable temperature. So, And be, when they're at that 80 degrees, you've got embryo, embryo development going on, whether you can realize it or not. Just because they haven't reached a temperature in the incubator of 100 degrees or so you're, you're, doesn't mean that that embryo is, isn't developing. Okay, So you need to keep that in mind. So up to about 14 days, they can tolerate uh, temperatures to 102, 103. You see the big difference? Just like we talk about chickens in the summertime, can't tolerate that heat, but can tolerate that cold. Big swing uh, from, from the cold, but a very small, narrow window uh, of an adult bird, uh, you know, handling the heat so well as it can the cold, okay? So same thing here, in a, in a sense. We have a, a temperature swing there of anywhere from 14 to 15 degrees uh, after that 24-hour period up to 14 days. And then when we start looking 14 to 18, okay, we start looking at, it's pretty critical after the, after the 100 degrees. We start to see embryo mortality. Um, and then uh, after that period of time, uh, a temperature degree, a fluctuation of one degree, one way or another, 99 to 100, 100, right in there, is not going to be that detrimental. Okay, But you need to be aware you know, of, of that particular uh, uh, you know, of fact. It's just very, very important to, to keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, and that goes back to when we were talking about the incubators. We talked about, you know, having a backup plan, okay? Uh, the electric goes out. Uh, if you're, you know, really got some expensive eggs or the, the eggs that you're, that you're trying to incubate for, for people that you've got orders from and, and a storm comes along, knocks out the power, uh, and now what do you do? Yeah, you can put a blanket around them. You try to keep them warm and all that kind of stuff, but uh, that's going to cause embryo mortality. It's going to cause a poor hatch. Nothing like having that 1588 that's 12 volt and plug it into the car cigarette lighter or you can get the one that's got the jumper cable deal on it and put it on your car battery, put it on the front seat, start the car, and you're good to go. So have a contingency plan. It makes life a lot easier for yourself. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is the end of this part of it, and then, Andy, you can ask that question again and we'll answer that. Um, when we look at birds after the hatch, uh, this is part of that breakout thing, and I'll probably go through it again at another time, but just want to throw it out here to people <clears throat> because this relates back to that monkeying around with the birds at 17 days, flipping them around when they're trying to make their transition to the hatching mode, okay, uh, position in that, in that eggshell. And any position of a bird in a shell after it, uh, incubation is done and the bird hasn't come out of the shell, any any presentation other than the head under the right wing facing the air cell is considered breech, okay? And um, so the most common ones that we see are the head between the thighs, uh, the head in the wrong end of the egg, uh, the head to the left, uh, the, the body rotated away, uh, feet over the head. Uh, that's pretty common. I've seen that one over the years quite a bit. And... Uh, the head over the wing and not allowing the wing to be part of the of the process of of pushing the shell off after the shell has been uh, been broken, okay, and uh, the embryo totally out of line, alignment with the egg, lying uh, uh, more or less horizontally across the egg with the head not in the lower end of the egg or in the air cell end of the egg at all. So any of those uh, are breaches and they can be caused by a number of things: uh, improper turning. They can be caused by uh, candling, mishandling, rough handling, uh, all of those things. Um, uh, you know, when people put them into lockdown, take them out of trays and put them into uh, uh, to a uh, lay them flat and what have you, uh, it can be during that process that uh, uh, you know, that these things things go on and and cause this uh, embryo mortality or failure to hatch. And what was that question again, Andy? You can run by me real quick. Sorry, I was on uh, mute, so you wouldn't have to hear me coughing or the background noise. Um, no, the question uh, talking about, um, and, and the scientist from Auburn had a chance to talk to earlier um, in the year at a, a big expo, we were talking about um, the 72-hour period of how important it is to get food and water uh, into that chick um, 
and, and as far as the shipping, 72 hours, and like you always talk about, you may have them one hatch, maybe even a whole, almost several hours before the last one hatches before they put it in the box and then they're shipped to you. And so the 72-hour rule is different based on maybe for every single chick in the box. Right. And 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 that that's true. Um, anybody that's hatched any appreciable amount of eggs certainly knows full well that the whole tray doesn't hatch all at one time. And the 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 uh, less attention that was paid to the less attention that was paid to the handling of eggs prior to incubation plays a big part in uh, how that will play out at the end of the day uh, as far as being a more uh, concise uh, hatch. Even in the commercial poultry industry now, they're talking about and moving to and working very diligently towards getting a more precise hatch window. And all that really means is to getting a preponderance, as many as they can, of those birds to hatch at the same time or within minutes of each other, okay? And the reason for that is that now they're all on the same page, okay? And you, you know what you have, but if you've got a, what we call a straggled hatch where the majority of them hatch right at the 21-day mark, let's say, use that as a marker, and then you've got others that are still in there two, three, and four hours later uh, that are uh, hatched out but drying off, and the other birds that, that hatched on the 21st uh, day right on the mark they're all dried off and ready to go. These guys are still consuming egg yolk over here f after four hours trying to trying to dry off. So they're not all going to be the same. You know, uh, the, the guys that are drying off uh, are probably going to have a head start on the guys that, that were hatched out early because we're waiting on the whole bunch of them to ship. And so the guys that hatched on time, unfortunately, may succumb to their shipment depending on how long it takes to get there. Any delay along the way can be catastrophic. And proof of the pudding of this is there's an outfit out of uh, Europe, I forget where exactly, but I know their name, Hatch Care. And they developed a whole new incubation system now where they, right in the hatchery, they get food and water right, right away. Right as soon as they dry off, they're able to make their way over to uh, uh, water troughs and, and, and feed troughs that, are, that they you know, can't drown in and stuff and get food right away. And the reason for it is it is critical. And those birds have their, still have their full yolk but they know that it is critical to get food and water into these birds so then they can be transferred out onto the farm or they can be shipped wherever they have to go. You know, some some birds, when you talk about primary breeders uh, like Avigen and people like that, uh, and I know that they have uh, breeder farms set up around the world now, but uh, even so, uh, not all of the, the breeds that they want are on every farm. So if they're hatching them here in the United States, yeah, they're going to board a plane, but they got a heck of a ride from here, okay, all the way to where they get, uh, uh, you know, dropped off. And then not only that, when they get to the airport, who knows how many hour ride it is from there to the farm that they're going to be put out on. So they take care, uh, and and they have a, a gel that they put in with these birds when they're shipped so that they're kept hydrated and, and nutritionally kept up. So that when they get where they're going, they're they're in good shape. They're they're viable birds. They're very expensive. So you know, you, you, every one you lose is a lot of dollars. It doesn't matter at the end of the day whether your birds are expensive or not. What matters is you shouldn't lose them for crazy reasons. You shouldn't say, oh well, they got 72 hours. No. And the other thing is, is that just because the bird is 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 uh, fully hatched out, and it's got nice yellow down on it and it looks and it's chirping away and it's happy and everything else. It's it's still underdeveloped. Its immune system is not in full swing yet. Its digestive system is not in full swing yet. It's going to take at least two weeks for the digestive system to be up to uh, to speed and maybe as many as six weeks or more for the uh, uh, sequel tonsils to develop. And we've said this before, 60% plus of the bird's immune cells lie in the intestinal tract. They are, in the beginning, born sterile, so they are what they're going to be exposed to. So why not expose them to good things? Okay, so that Because they will be a product of their environment. If they're exposed to a lot of junk and, and a lot of uh, pathogens early on, they're going to have trouble. If they're exposed to a probiotic, which is going to uh, help their intestinal tract and populate that with the uh, uh, 
the, uh, the probiotics, which are going to uh, attach themselves to the gut wall and produce acid to, to uh, help ward off any pathogens that might come along and want to set up shop in that intestine, it's extremely important. It's extremely important, and that's why in the commercial industry it applies to the, to the backyard in the same way. There's, there's no different. The chicken is basically a chicken when you look at it. There's a different, uh, uh, there may be some things in there that might, might do a little bit differently, but the, the intestine is going to be the same. It's going, to, it's, it's going to, it's born the same way, it develops the same way, in the same time frame, and it's going to make good sense for you to get as much nutrition into that bird as you can right off the bat, and you're going to have healthier birds, happier birds. You're going to be happier. You won't be spending a ton of money on, on uh, medicine to keep them going uh, and, and those kinds of things. So it is critical, uh, Andy, and I would imagine people you've spoken to over the years or at these different places that you go to that are experts would probably say the same thing. Yeah, it's very interesting that the gentleman was talking about that in Auburn, and um, he was talking about the, the sooner you can get that chick the food and water, nutrition, basically. Um, it, instead of using that yolk 100% for survival, and just, just to stay alive, um, he can, uh, or the chick can utilize the nutrition you start giving them um, for survival and use the yolk for really short-term and long-term resistance to a lot of uh, diseases, kind of like a uh, a mother's milk uh, when she's nursing, um, and you have the uh, colostrum as uh, the first uh, the mother's milk that comes out. <clears throat> um, kind of the, the same theory there with the baby chick. So instead of just relying, oh, I've got time, oh, it's 72 hours, um, that may be you know somewhat true, but if they're using all of that yolk just to stay alive in survival, <clears throat> it would be better um, to get them on that food and water as soon as possible, and they use that for survival and their nutrition, and then they can use that yolk in their system to fight off some disease and give them some disease-fighting uh, uh, um, capabilities for the weeks and months and maybe even year, years to come. So it's very, very interesting uh, information he shared, uh, and basically the study and, and their theory on that, which really, uh really interesting. I had not heard that before, and it, and it really makes sense. So I think that's important. I've started sharing that as well. Whether you hatch at home or you, you know, get the call from the post office and you go and pick up your chicks and to say, oh, I'm busy. I've got 72 hours. Or, you know, they, they got here in two days instead of three. I've got time to go finish this, that, or the other, and then I'll come back and get their beans and water. And uh, as soon as you do that, obviously, uh, the battery, according to the scientists from Auburn University, so it's very, very cool. So, um, yeah, good information. Um, I don't have anything uh, else. I don't know if you do, uh, Peter, regarding today's topic, but uh, we can maybe even continue this um, <clears throat> into uh, possibly next Monday. You know, we've kind of covered this, the breeders and, you know, getting ready for, the, you know, preparation for the incubator and then kind of the embryo development. Maybe we can talk a little bit uh, about uh, get into the breeding, not breeding, uh, brooding uh, for, for next week, and including even though we beat the dead horse a million times, a little bit about coccidiosis, uh, things, you know, good things to have in a brooder, not so good things to have in a brooder, the brooder period based on outside temperature, uh, just different things like that. Um, we can get into maybe some of that next Monday. We can. Okay, we can. that sounds really good. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. Another great uh, episode. Uh, and this kind of spring is, is, is slowly getting here, <laughs> and uh, we're talking about some spring topic, so uh, gotta love that. So Peter Brown, the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. Folks, visit them online. Peter, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, Andy. Thank you. Right, thank you. And uh, a reminder again: you can go to ChickenWhispererMagazine.com, and you can read uh, all four issues from 2014. You'll be able to read the, the newly released uh, spring uh, issue when it's released uh, later this month. All of the articles are in. They are currently being uh, edited, um, and as soon as I get them back to the uh, contributors to, to confirm them and approve them based on the edits, then we'll get it to the printers as absolutely fast as we can so we can get the print edition out of those who subscribe to the print edition, the digital edition sent out to folks that subscribe to the digital edition, and all will be happy in Chicken Whisperer land. So uh, got to love it. 
Thank you very much uh, for tuning in today. Uh, just a reminder to follow us over there on uh, Facebook and Twitter. They get all kinds of great information and updates about this radio show. So thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to uh, enter that February Chicken Coop Contest brought to you by UrbanCoopCompany.com. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Calm Bach Feeds. God bless everybody. Ah, <laughs>